0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Friday, July 31st, 2015. You guys listening to episode 219. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody had a good time in between shows. Um, I know I did for sure, and I'm doing this one a little later because I put out two last week, and I really wanted um, the uh, interview with Johnny Hickey from Boston to... To you know, resonate with people and for them to get caught up and be able to listen to that interview. Uh, really interesting guy, really uh, interesting story. Uh, made a movie, oxymorons out there in Boston, and um, you know, just a really interesting character with an amazing story. And it was a great time, and we got a lot of great feedback from the interview uh, with John. So, if you didn't listen to it yet, it is uh, two hundred and eighteen, part two. Right now, this is 219. Like I said um, before, I get into the show. A lot of cool stuff to talk about. You guys hit me up. I got a ton of unacceptables, so I'm gonna try to get to them. But I gotta definitely keep that to a normal, normal amount of time. Um, but yeah, I, I got. I don't know. I got flooded this week. Anyway, before I get started, the Versity Effect Podcast, as always, sponsored by GonzoFame.com. Go to Gonzo Fame for the best, most in-depth interviews with the, your favorite comedians of today up and coming comedians, established comedians. Uh, It's a great site run by Dave Gavry out there in Chicago, funny up and coming comedian, Uh, great dude. He put together this site, interviews comedians when they come into town in Chicago, talks to them, and it's all real stuff. And uh, It's just a great great interview, I had a great experience with it, I know my friends like Joe Madaris did it, Giannis Papas did it, Um, you could check out my buddy Chris Lamberth, he did one, Doug Stanhope's on there, Ralphie Mae, Hannibal Burris, Uh, the list goes on, so check out gonzofame.com, also, um, anybody in the country right now dealing with bankruptcy, dealing with, uh, you know, debt collectors trying to, you know, just dealing with debt, people going through divorce, uh, please contact my buddy uh, John Burton at Brookings Mediation, and uh, they will definitely be able to help you out for a much, much less expensive um, option than, than a lawyer. They, they do mediation. They are not lawyers. They don't give legal advice. They just basically try to settle things out through mediation. He's been doing it for 27 years. Uh, he's amazing at it, and um, a lot of times people don't realize that there are set laws in certain states with divorce, where it is what it is, and people don't realize that, and they spend a ton of money on all these legal fees. Also, people don't know what they have to do with debt or bankruptcy. They think they have to pay big money on legal fees. Uh, Sometimes you really don't, and that's exactly what they do. So brookingsmediation.com. You can call John Burton at Brookings Mediation and get a free consultation at 877-415-7770. He will talk to you about what's going on and, um, you know, just really try to help you out. Also, if you tell Brookings Mediation that you are coming from uh, TVE or Paul Verzi from the show, you'll get 30% off of what services, which is an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal deal. Um, There have been people who have saved so much money and been like, I don't have to deal with a judge giving a ruling that I don't like. I don't have to deal with paying all of these legal bills. We figured it out together. It was easier and better and way less expensive. So, check out Brookings Mediation. I love what they do. It's an awesome service. And, um, you know, you could be anywhere in the country and call. Again, 877-415-7770 or go to Brookings Mediation, ask for John Burton and tell him TVE sent you. And, of course, All Things Comedy, the greatest badass podcast network there is allthingscomedy.com, Follow them on Twitter at AllThingsComedy. Al Madrigal, you know, uh, Bill Burr, just so many different people are a part of it. Ari Shafir, um, just a, an amazing podcast network, and that's uh, that's where uh, you know my my show resides. And I'm happy to uh, to be a part of it. They really care about the artists, and uh, it's awesome. So please check them out as well. Now, I have to thank everybody who came out to Boston uh, last weekend. Um, I headlined Laugh Boston and uh, had a great time and uh, could not believe the turnout, especially Friday and Saturday. You know, Thursday is a typical, you know, Thursdays are always, you know, tough in the summer at clubs, but, um, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And then Friday, you know, the numbers were great. People came out. And then Saturday, I was completely overwhelmed and thankful, like, you know, I w- it was crazy. I got there and there was all these people online out the door, and I'm like, "What did they give out free tickets?" I didn't understand. And I, you know, people are like, "No, a lot of people came out to see you and podcast fans and all that." So I can't even thank you all enough. If if you were at the show, you obviously know who you are. I, you know, it means a lot. You know, I'm um, turned out the the album, which will be out in uh, two weeks, maybe three tops. And then, you know, trying to get the new hour. And, um, you know, I'm doing a lot of new stuff. But, you know, to have people come out and and go through that, you know, just be there and fucking while I'm doing that, it's awesome. So, um, thank you, Boston. Thank you very much. Thank you, anybody that came out there. Um, You know, I had people, dude, I had people from this one dude from Austria, a dude from Austria, and I said I was going to shout him out, and I got to find his name. Uh, but he came, he was in Boston, and he's a podcast listener, and he's from fucking Austria. Oh, Remo. Yes, uh, Remo uh, Klinger. That's his name. He came out from Austria to see a show on Saturday. Just, I mean, that that's crazy to be that far away and to be listening to me, and... Uh, You know, I had to make sure that I, you know, had a chat with him and we talked and everything. So thank you, Remo. That's crazy that you were out there. Um, Also, I don't want to mention the name of this person because there's uh, drugs involved. (laughs) But I had such a cool fan. Listen to what one of my fans did, it was the craziest thing. But I had a fan not only come to my show on Thursday, right? But then she comes on Saturday, and she brings her husband, and I guess gave a gift be- like a like a some kind of just like a. All right, here's what happened. They she bought burritos from this epic place, uh, which was insane. It was insane. I didn't get to eat them until later, and it was still insane. So she comes Thursday, then she comes Saturday, brings her husband, brings burritos, but wasn't done with the burrito, then brought like snacks, and then in one of the potato chip bags, dumped in a couple of joints and some spliffs, and then resealed the potato chip bag, and just just to give it to us after, it was the most sick, I went back to my hotel room, and I was actually hungry because I didn't have dinner, and I didn't want to have a crazy night because, I was driving home the next day, so I just, you know, and I needed to be, I needed to go to a party with my family, so I needed to kind of be in the right state of mind, so I wasn't going to get crazy, you know, hang out, whatever, a couple of drinks, and that's it, but I get back to my hotel, and I'm hungry, and this burrito was so ridiculously good that I was like, it was probably in the top three burritos I've ever had, number one by far is the one something Corona uh, in San Francisco, was amazing I had a really good one in San Diego but I actually think the one in that I got in Boston was better than the one in San Diego so this is like top two three burritos I've ever had in my life and uh, I think I had the I think I had it somebody tweeted out and I think the place tweeted it out I'm sorry I should have had this ready but um, if I if I find it or you know remember it I will definitely talk about it it was amazing it was an amazing burrito, and hold on, I'm gonna find it here because it was hold on a second, so anyway, that's what a fan did brought me that stuff and and the host and some people. It was the coolest thing ever. it was probably arguably the coolest thing a fan has ever done like getting a meal was where is it? I don't know um. All right, well, anyway, so every, thank everybody who came out to Boston. The, the, the numbers were great, uh, especially on Friday and Saturday, which made the, the weekend awesome. So thank you. I had a great time out there. I always have a good time in Boston. Boston uh, Boston saved my mom. Boston saved your life, right? My mom's here. My mom is here in the room. Boston saved your life, Ma, right? Dana-Farber Institute? Dr. Dimitri. Dr. Dimitri, Dana-Farber Institute. What year, Ma? 2000, she was diagnosed in 97, and the drug came out in 2000. And my brother went to BU. A lot of ties to Boston, like I said. So, um, it's funny. I'm sitting here. I'm doing a podcast, and I'm like, "Yeah, this fan brought some spliffs and and joints." Hey, mom, how you doing? Uh, but no, it was a it was, it was a great it was a great time. Um. So thank you again. Uh, I have to talk about something that happened yesterday that was really amazing and scary. I had an incredible day yesterday. I um, got I had an opportunity to shoot something for television. you know. So I did a television shoot yesterday. Uh, it's not going to air. It's for Adult Swim. And I don't want to get into all the details now because I want to announce it when it comes out. But um, it's for a very popular show on Adult Swim. And I also had a show at night over at The Stand. And just just a busy day, you know, running around, getting my kids, doing all kinds of stuff. So, um, I go down to the city and I'm shooting something, and I'm dressed as a cop, full outfit, you know, legit. You know the the badge they had the you know the the patches they had every every kind of thing that a cop wears down to everything. Like I mean. The, the the colors the the boots the shoe, everything that a cop has like that was like this wasn't like a oh he's playing a cop and it'll just be some kind of you know uh, kind of costume thing that you get at like party city and shit like a like a Halloween cop I, no this was like NYPD cop doing a movie cop and I'm excited to do it. And, um, you know, it's a, you know, I auditioned for it, I got the role, so I was like, yeah, this is cool, I'm gonna own this and and do, do as best as I can, and it's in Harlem, guys, okay, and, um, you know, it starts out funny, I get it, but I'm a white dude in in a cop outfit, and I'm walking around an area of Harlem, which is, um, you know, pretty much predominantly African American, you know um, Spanish as well, but pretty much African American. And you know, let's be honest; everybody is, you know, aware, or anybody who's not under a rock is aware of what's going on in the news with police officers and African American and people and and all kinds of, you know, just 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 insane and incredible criminal acts that that have happened that we've seen on on camera. And it, it's just amazing to me how how some of the things that, you know, people are getting away with and doing. However, um, I was definitely 100% uh, worried about my safety and well-being for, you know, a few times yesterday. And that's where it gets serious and not funny because what was going to be a, a shoot and was going to be good, you know, I literally had to have producers and directors stand in front of me and sometimes even tell people no he's a comedian and an actor he's not a police officer where I'm standing there and like like these black dudes are walking by looking at me up and down and like would walk and then stop and I saw them stop walk past me stop and then turn around and walk past me again just to look me up and down and this is when the shit got was not fun anymore you know, it was just like, I mean, I was excited to do it. And, and you know, I mean, I knew that the, I knew people there had my back. But at the same time, like, I saw what I was getting. You know, I know what it feels like to be a white cop walking around Harlem these days. And it's really unfair to the good cops, you know? Because, and let's be honest, man, like, there's a lot of despicable shit going on with police, but there's a lot of good cops. There's a lot of good cops. I've seen and met good cops, white ones that don't care what the color of your skin is and will help you and pick you up off the ground and, and be a, a good person and shit, you know what I mean, like they're going to do the right thing and they, they even see this and they think it's despicable and shake their heads, Th- there is that out there and I think some people lose sight of that and don't understand, you know, there are some people that think like you and me and I, the reason why I say you and me is because if you're listening to my show, I assume you kind of know me by now and understand, so, you know, I'm, I guess I, in some sense, put you on the same page as me, maybe not, maybe some people are listening, going, hey, all cops are, this and that, no, you know, the same way you don't want to judge somebody by the color of their skin, you can't judge somebody, you know, by the uniform they're wearing, and just say that because other bad people, you know, bad people do it, they do it, but I felt it, dude, I felt it, I was walking around Harlem yesterday, and there were times where I even had to be like, people were walking by me, and I was like, "Nah, man, I'm not, you know, I'm not a cop, you know, I'm not a, here, the funniest thing was, though, like, they like, some of these dudes were walking by all hard looking at me, and then when they found out I wasn't a cop, I was like, no, nah, no, nah, man, I'm not a cop, and then, like, the producer, you know, would be like, no, nah, man, he's, we're doing a television show, they would totally get this on, like, oh, television show, oh, man, what channel? what channel is that, oh shit, man, they do a television show, and it totally, (laughs) it totally got like disarmed, and everybody was cool and happy, but um, can I honestly say from the bottom of my heart that there were a couple of moments where I was a little bit concerned for my well-being, yes, 100%, and the producers and directors knew, and they were like, no, you know, and they were standing in front of me, and like there were people, and I could not. When the shoot was over, I could not get that uniform off quick enough. When we were done and it was a wrap, and they were like, "All right, we're done," I was just like, I was unbuttoning that shit before they said cut. I was done, you know. And I remember even when I was changing because I had to change. Obviously, I'm as in Harlem. I had to take the thing off and change, and people outside saw, and then, you know just to do that so I know the feeling of a good cop who's white walking around right now like what they're getting and you know I'm not saying that it's look I'm not saying that it's sometimes like I mean listen people are only human nature you know to be honest I can't say that if I was African-American I might not do that I couldn't because of all the stuff going on Um, but there are good cops out there and I felt it so that was definitely something that I went through and um... you know but at the end of the day thank god everything was fine people knew it was just a shoot i got out of there i had a lot of fun and then i went over and i performed over at the stand Um, everybody who's a, point, a, a part of uh... aol originals two-point lead hosted by my buddy Janis Papas. uh... i you know i've done a sketch with them i've done some writing with them and i'm a part of that show in a way as a contributing writer and sketch actor and all that so um, I was able to uh, be on the show the, the lineup last night was everybody who's a part of that show. and we had a really good time. So it was a busy day. It was a lot of fun and um, I just uh, you know, I got home late and I just crashed and I was just thinking back like, wow, man, that was pretty intense at one point. Um, so anyways, uh, you know, that's you know my unacceptable for the week is 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 hopefully going to be an educational one or at least make people understand something. If you know one fucking person gets it from the show, I don't care. But my unacceptable is looking at somebody and acting like you want to hurt them or judging them when you're just basically basing it on the job that they have. That's unacceptable and that that's dangerous and that's bullshit. Straight up, it is you know, it's not cool and it's not a good thing to do because somebody that would actually potentially save your life and help you, you're already looking at them in a light where you got to take that person as an individual, the same way you want to be treated like an individual, you know? So hurting somebody, threatening somebody, looking at them a certain way, absolutely unacceptable when you don't know the individual. And I think it's dangerous if you do that. So that's going to be my unacceptable for this week. Um, is kind of like, Hey man, I get it. I seen the shit that happened and it's not cool and it continues to happen with a lot of bad apples. But and, and I was saying this too. I was talking to um I was talking to somebody about this and I was like, you know what the good thing about social media is the one good thing about phones and cameras and social media is that you can actually now at least be able to get that piece of shit on camera and he can and, and take his job from him from doing that and, and you know, not letting that guy abuse his power anymore. Regardless of what color you are. I don't care. I'm not talking about white cops. I'm talking about whoever you are. The beautiful thing about social media and cameras and camera phones and pictures is you can actually watch somebody do the wrong thing, watch somebody commit a crime. And, and be able to call them out and give that footage or give that picture or that video, or whatever, to, to their boss. And they lose their job and they realize and they have to, you know, suffer the consequences of their actions. That's the one thing good. But, you know, to just automatically assume something and, you know, I mean, that that's unacceptable and that can be dangerous. So, I, I will leave mine at that. See, a positive message. It doesn't always have to be, you know, can this asshole get out of the line? My coffee's getting... All right, uh, let's get to your guys' unacceptables. We'll do that because we got a bunch of those. And then I will... Um, what's it called? I'll get into some other things like... Uh, we all want to talk about... Actually, some people's unacceptables bring up some things that I wanted to talk about anyway. So let me get into these here. Uh, this first one is... From Marco uh, Franic from Croatia, and he sent me a picture, and it just says Croatian firefighters. And there's this is hilarious. It's a picture of the fire engine, and the two firefighters literally curled up in fetal positions, taking a nap in their uniform on top of the thing. Which is that's hilarious. Um <laughs> there's two, there's pictures these guys just napping. And then there's another picture there's like some dirt road and there's a bunch of firefighters just laying there napping. Well, at least there's not a lot of fires going on. I don't know what I mean that's but you got the one the Marco the one that you sent with the two on top of the engine in fetal position sleeping the way a 6-year-old or a 7-year-old, you know, that is so hilarious. Um, thank you for the unacceptable. Here we go. This one is from uh, Lee Reader. Hi, Paul. You may or may not have heard of the U.S. dentists who came to Africa and killed Cecil the lion. Yes, I definitely am very aware of that. Uh, now, as unfortunate as it is uh, that a lion was named Cecil, it is completely unacceptable that these low self-esteem fucks go on um, a so-called hunting expeditions, killing animals. What the hell makes a person think they are suddenly more manly because they've lured an animal from the safety uh, from the safety of a pickup truck and then shoot it? Uh, I'm sorry. They've lured an animal from the safe, uh, I guess, I don't know if that makes sense, but I get what you're saying, of the pickup truck, and then shoot it. First, this dumb fuck tries to kill a lion with a bow and arrow. He obviously doesn't kill it, and only 40 hours later, after this animal has suffered for ages, they do find him and finally shoot him. Yeah, this is sad, man. Uh, I'm going to talk about this, too, after. We are getting pretty pissed off with this practice lately of foreigners coming to kill the animals for trophies. Please understand, I'm not directing this at Americans in any way any way whatsoever because we also have a problem with people from China being so obsessed with their small dicks that they actually think rhino horns, which is made from <laughs> which is made of hair for fuck's sake, will somehow make their cocks bigger. That's hilarious. I'm sorry this is unacceptable is so long, but please... No, it's not too long. You're fine. But please put out the word that this cowardly act of shooting wildlife should only be practiced by people who actually need food and uh, completely... Uh, need food and completely retarded fools. Thanks for the great podcast and keep up the good work, Lee Ryder. Um, yes, I will. I will put out the word that this is, ca- uh, that this is cowardly act... Of shooting wildlife. Um, and that's exactly what it is. I think anybody. Well you guys know man. I'm a big pussy when it comes to this. I shot a blue jay with a pellet gun in the 8th grade. And it fell in front of my feet. And it was gasping for air with blood on it's beak. And I put it out of it's misery. And I cried like a baby. And I was like I'm never doing this shit. Well maybe not cried like a baby. But I was I was really distraught by it. And I felt awful. Um, I have deer in my backyard every day i've seen deer today you know uh a baby deer or maybe a deer like three months old ran out in front of my car yesterday but i saw her waiting to go and i waited and then she went but i see it all the time i couldn't kill it you know listen if my family was starving and i needed it you know i'd i'd hack it up with a chainsaw if i had to But, well, there's no need for a chainsaw. That was just me making an example of extremism with what I would do if my family was hungry. (laughs) But um, I I think that, I honestly think that going out there and doing that is despicable. I think that you being some rich little prissy ass who gets like a setup. You know, it's like a setup. It's like you're setting somebody up. Yeah, meet somebody in the house and you're going to take their drugs and kill them. It's a setup you know, this rich asshole has hookups and money, so he could just go somewhere and lure a beautiful animal out that he had no intention of eating, you're not getting any nutrition from it at all, and you're just killing it, and then there was a picture of him holding a leopard that he killed, he had a bear that he killed, like this guy is just trying to collect all these like crazy exotic wildlife that he can shoot, but he's doing it a pussy way, he's going to their homes and doing it, and he's got the hookup to get there, you know, I'm going to kill a friggin' lion when my family needs to eat. You know, to just, and I got to tell you something. I feel like when you kill something beautiful and majestic like that, something that is just like commands respect and is beautiful and is something that you look at like, you know, people travel all over the world to just see a lion up close and walk. You know, I mean, obviously other than the drugged up ones at Six Flags. But, you know, I I really, really feel like it's, disgrace and I gotta say that I I feel like something bad's gonna happen to you if you do that if you're just killing these beautiful remember growing up and people would say like oh man if you kill a prey mantis it's, it's bad luck or it's not good you're killing a lion you're killing a lion you're killing the king you're killing fucking what is it zimba you're killing the king I mean this is no joke I just I mean that's got to be bad karma to kill those people. a lion is arguably well first of all my my favorite animals in the world are exotic cats. Um I think the white tiger is the baddest looking thing on earth. It is a badass. If you have I mean I'm sure you've seen it but just just now that you're older and you could appreciate it go to Google and just type in for images white tiger, and get a really good close-up, and just watch it, or watch a video of one, it is the baddest thing, and it's a mutation, it's a mutation, two orange tigers can have a white one, it's a mutation of cells, which kind of even makes it cooler, but like, those animals are just so unbelievably, like, regal, and beautiful, and, and powerful, and just, they're, they're meant to just be looked at, and admired, and all that shit, and for some rich American asshole, Who's a dentist in Minnesota? That's how boring his life is that he had to go fly and kill. No wonder he's a fucking dentist in Minnesota. Fucking asshole. Going and killing, having this thing walk around bleeding, fighting for its life for almost two days. It's it's absolutely despicable. It is cowardly. It's it's horseshit, is what it is. And and it's and it's a it's a and it's it's a disgrace. You know. Hunting for trophy, I think, is a really, really sociopathic, narcissistic, just insane thing to do for trophy. I could understand you—you you get like a, you know, an eight-pointer deer, and you made jerky out of it, and you made venison, and you ate it, and then you, you know, mounted the head, you know, in your cabin in Vermont. I get that because at least you ate it and everything like that. But even that's weird. Just looking at the face of something you killed—it's like it's—it's it's ridiculous. I, that's how I think. I think if you eat it, that's fine. Fishing, yeah, you eat your fish or whatever, but like the whole idea of just killing. So what's this guy going to do? Go to the Congo and, you know, kill a gorilla and just, you know, fucking put it and just have a fucking big gorilla sitting in its basement and stuff it. I mean, what, what's it, what's his end game? Just getting everything to just say that he did it. And Jimmy Kimmel made a good point. It's like, yeah, so so when his friends are around smoking cigars, drinking whiskey, they could just talk about it and talk about how great it was. What a dipshit. You know, get laid. So thank you for that. And I agree 100%. Uh, here we go. This is from Phil Oakley. Phil Oakley says, been uh, all over the country. Uh, stop and shop is the best. Uh, it's over and it's a wrap. Moving on. <laughs> Your last, uh, listen, I, I got to disagree. I got a ps that will go toe-to-toe with any stop and shop and i right now my hometown supermarket is a stop and shop but the other one was an amp and the amp will go toe to toe with it uh moving on your last episode reminded me of this absolute atrocity of an unacceptable scab pickers and zit poppers uh psychos zit popping psychos you know those people that ask you to pop your zit to try to uh finagle their way close enough to do so it's absolutely gross but the real creepy part is seeing the look in their eyes as they lock in on the your on their target get the fuck away from me why don't you bring your weird fetish down to the market wait down to the market with verzi so he can point out that the animal with the white white head oh ZD neck tattoo dude that's gross uh, then when you're done relieving yourself, put your head in a vise and pop your infected head, good fella style. Peace, Paul Veach, Phil Oakley. Uh, any kind of popping of anything on the body is absolutely gross. Absolutely gross. Okay, this is um, okay. This is from Marco Franic again. I guess the first one was just pictures. So here we go. Hello, Paul. In 2012, Greece and Portugal in 2013 were in flames. Uh, I don't understand the beginning of that. In 2012, Greece and Portugal in 2013 were in flames. Okay, a lot of huge flames, uh, f- a lot of lots of huge fires. In 2012, we were not even a part of uh, EU until 2013, so we send. Uh, two our planes, and four more pilots to help those countries then. then. Alright, I'm trying to catch up, I'm trying to figure out your writing here, but I'm going to do my best here. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, you're in Croatia, okay. Uh, it was not a big help, but at least it was something considering that we have like six planes and often fires of, uh, Dalmatian coast. Now in the summer of 2015, uh... Dalmatia Dalmadia, is in trouble with lots of fires, and none of the European countries jump in to help. Our firefighters and pilots are working 24 7 to save people's houses. Um, flora, they, uh, they are sleeping on the sides of the roads on fire trucks, tired. Oh, oh, okay. Now I feel like a dick. Now I feel like a dick, dude. Your first one. So, <laughs> oh, this is good. This is good for the show. I like this. So I originally thought the pictures you show, see, I got so many submissions that after the pictures, so many more. And then this was what you were basically saying. So I'm making fun. I'm thinking that you're unacceptable. are firefighters laying on the side of the road, sleeping and <laughs> sleeping on top of their fire engine. Because I didn't get to this one because so many people filled in before. it was So your emails weren't back to back. I get it. Now I feel like a dick. God bless those firemen. I guess they have every reason to be sleeping in a fetal position. (laughs) Like a six and seven year old. Oh, I'm a dick. They're sleeping on the sides of the roads in fire trucks. Tired. I can't even imagine what. Okay, so Russia offered us help, but we refused out of shame or pride, I guess. Thank you, European Union not and go fuck yourself um are uh here from 7th century as first documents prove we went through lots of fires hunger wars and shit from then so we'll be just fine but why are but why are we in the eu then so they can use our resources i don't want to go too deep into politics especially when i know you are not into it paul no I'm listening I get it. I hope I am not boring you or something with euro shit but I'm working with what I can. Brussels uh, go fuck yourself unacceptable EU firefight firefighters are heroes and one more thing I wish best of luck to UFC fighter who is Croatian American and also a firefighter Stipe okay I guess his name Stipe Mikeik. Mail kick. Best of luck to him. TVE is the shit. Keep up the good work, Paul. I am waiting for your album because I never saw any of your stand-up comedy, only podcasts. I swear next one will be a, uh, a barefoot guy in a restaurant. No, Marco, I get it. I'm sorry that I confused it with, uh, with your first picture. But... I go to my unacceptables and I just see you send pictures and the first picture I open is a fire engine with two firemen sleeping in a, in a fetal position. What else can I think? But now I get what you're saying. Okay. Um, let's see. Here we go. All right. Let's go to the next one here. And this, Uh-oh, guys. Here we go. This is a special write-in from Kelly Meyer, and Kelly Meyer is the IBS story guy, so I know you guys are excited, okay, I could already feel this podcast is a good one, it's a dope one, and you could feel it, 219 is definitely delivering, I can feel it, I can feel when my podcast is good, subpar, I can feel when it's an insane episode, when it's a good episode, I gotta tell you, this one's flowing nice. I got to leave here in 10 minutes to go get my son, so there will be a continuation to this. I don't know how many minutes in I am. I could tell, though. I could see because that's in front of me, 35 minutes in. All right. Here we go. We could definitely get Kelly's in, and I'll see what else I could get in, and then I'll come back. But you guys, like I always say, will not feel a thing. Kelly Meyer, here you go. Let's go, buddy uh, sorry this is long, hopefully your listeners are entertained by it, you know what, you've delivered enough where even if this one isn't, you've deserved it, you've earned it, Kelly, you've earned, your shit stories have earned you a platform, you have a platform on my show for your shit stories, so whether it's every three months or six months, you know, you're the shit the pants guy on the show, you've, you've earned that, Last week driving home I'm about 10 miles out and I get hit with the screaming pain that comes with a sudden flood of diarrhea yearning for, for freedom Oh my god it's it, this guy is the shakespeare of shit ah uh, yearning for freedom for, 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 from rectal capacity I just, it's its the most elegant way I've just never heard. Dude, you should really do a diary or do something called like like, the Shit Chronicles of Kelly Meyer or something. It's just amazing Ugh. and gross, but amazing. I'm not near any places to stop and shit, so I got to hold it. But I've gotten pretty good at determining the severity of what is currently brewing within my rotten insides. And I was pretty sure I'd make it home. I turned on an old TVE, which is a good distraction from IBS discomfort. But about a minute later, I let out a very sudden and (laughs) very violent sneeze. Uh, I'm one of those people that sneezes (laughs) with their whole body. Probably 40% of the time I shit my pants, a sneeze is involved. This sneeze caused my lower intestines to spew forth an explosion (laughs) that eclipsed Mount St. Helens back in 1980. I got tears in my eyes. Guys, I officially have tears in my eyes right now. I'm crying. I'm crying right now. It was a goddamn atomic bomb. It even shot up my back... (laughs) a little like a baby with a blowout diaper. Cleaning shit off my leather seat wasn't on schedule for this evening. I put the cruise <laughs> I put the cruise control on, jammed my foot into the floor. Oh my god, pressed my shoulders into the chair and arched my back to keep my ass off the seat. I reached into the back to see if I had anything to sit on before this monstrosity so- soaked through my jeans. The only thing in the back seat is a yellow green, green Bay Packers sweatshirt I've had since they won the 97 Super Bowl. So there's no fucking way I'm getting shit on it. I drove the rest of the way home, windows down, sunroof open, and my back arched. <laughs> and my back arched. A few other drivers saw my contorted body and gave an odd look, like they thought I was trying to honk, <laughs> honk the horn with my dick or something. Hopefully, I hopefully I haven't attached. Oh my god! Thankfully, I'm sorry. I got tears in my eyes. I can't even see. Thankfully, I have an attached garage. So when I get home, my neighbors weren't subject to the sight of a 35 year old man drenched in diarrhea from the waist down and I still had to clean shit off my seat unacceptable special thanks to Logan Allen for turning me on to your podcast last year so I can share my pants shitting misfortunes with your audience once, once again it deserves this oh my god the elegance of which you have displayed again with yet another amazing, amazing shit story. Okay. Uh, Amazing. Here we go. Uh Uh-oh. Here we go. I think we got another one. What time is it? Oh, you know what, guys? I have to go get my little boy, but you guys will not feel a thing. I have to put this on pause, and then I am going to get to another... It looks like another shit story. So we might have gotten back to shit for the theme. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry if you're listening to this in lunch. But, I mean... Oh, dude. That is just so great. That is so great. Thank you for the entertainment. You know sometimes when I do my podcast It's me sitting here in front of the mic And having to entertain you guys And and I love doing it I love doing my podcast I love filling my fans in With what's going on And you know all this shit But sometimes Somebody strikes a court And it's just The elegance Of it I gotta If I ever get the opportunity To have call-ins Like a phone number During a live show I'd have to I'd have to get you on Just to hear another one of those But uh, I gotta go, I will be back, you guys will not feel a thing, and we will continue with TVE episode 219 in a second. And just like that, I am back everybody, and you guys did not feel a thing. Um, I literally was just gone the entire time, so like whatever time it is now, it's like 4 o'clock, I picked my son up from his last day of camp and then this little girl who's in his camp groups family decided to have a last day of camp barbecue and it was insane there was like face painting tattoos all of these like little kids running around there was like goodie bags for the kids the house was insane just really nice up in the country just a great great time right and the funniest thing though was like all these like proper moms and stuff there was only like one other dad there besides me and he came later. And um, we're standing there And they're playing like songs It's like you know like Pop 40 stuff But like for kids and all the kids are like You know it's good music for kids And the funniest thing was There was this Pink song that came on And and, like I couldn't believe what I was hearing But like everybody's like nice and proper And these little kids running around And like Pink is a Pink song uncensored So she starts dropping the F-bomb And I'm sitting there and I'm and I was literally like Will Farrell in old school Where I'm looking around going like Remember when the wedding singers were like cursing And he's like, is, is this really going, what? No, no way, like that And then I'm hearing it And it was that song What's that song that Pink does Where she's like, pretty, pretty, please You are less than And there's something that she's like I'm fucking perfect or something And i was just like, what? Like, is anybody else hearing this? And uh, everybody just ignored it And I'm just like putting my head down laughing, it was so funny to me, and then my son was like, "Um, five more minutes, five more minutes, come on, five more minutes, you know what they do, five more minutes, all that stuff, so anyway, uh, I'm back now, let's finish this, uh, let's finish up these unacceptables, and talk some movies, and some sports, and get out of here, so the next one, after the legendary, shit story from Kelly Meyer. It comes from Josh Innocent. And I believe Josh came out to Boston. So thank you so much, dude. I really appreciate you. You were a super nice guy. Bought me a drink if I if I remember correctly. And uh, just a, a, a big fan and a good dude. So here we go. Josh Innocent. Hey, Paul, I've got an unacceptable for you. I had actually had a non-shit related unacceptable for you. But this event was so tragic that it just had to be told. I apologize for the length in advance. Oh, wait. I had actually had a non-shit related... Okay, well, you know what? Let's just see where this goes. Let's just see where this goes. Yeah, buddy. Uh, yeah. Okay, one second. Okay, I am back again, and uh, hopefully there'll be no more interruptions. Sorry about that. Anyway... Here we go, Josh Innocent. Let's see where this goes. Okay, I've got an unacceptable for you. I had actually had a non-shit related (laughs) unacceptable for you, but this event was so tragic it had to be told. I apologize for the length in advance. I woke up in the morning ready to go to work on a Friday. I'm feeling nice because the weekend's on the horizon, so I get a kick in my step. So I hop in my car... Put on some tunes and start cruising, Uh, already in a great mood because it's Friday. Well, about four exits away from my office, I feel a gurgling in my stomach. Oh boy. I think, okay, no big deal, I'll probably need to hit the restroom as soon as I get there, Uh, I think. Cool? No, not cool. About a minute later, my lower stomach makes a loud gurgling which sounds closer to a manatee that's been speared with the harpoon. I think uh-oh, I should probably hurry this up. Well, suddenly I have the feeling of impending doom. I start sweating, gasping for air. Jesus. And <laughs> and feel a deadly chill. <laughs> a deadly chill. What is it about these shit stories that are just just have these great All right. Now I know I need to get to a bathroom immediately. Uh, Now the gargling intensifies and my stomach feels like somebody jabbed me uh, with a wine opener and kept twisting the cork. That sucks, dude. I'm actually in so much pain at that point that I'm only able to say, oh, this is bad over and over. (laughs) I take the first exit I can because I know I have less than 60 seconds to get to a bathroom. I whip into a dealership, and as soon as I get up from my seat, I know it's curtains. Too late. I blasted my seat with Nestle's... (laughs) Nest quick butt shit For a continuous three minutes Oh my god The worst thing here Paul Was that the second The second right before I shit everywhere in my car I thought to myself I'm about to make a huge mess <laughs> And I did it I had a similar experience uh, I had a similar experience One would have after they climax After jerking I was filled with shame and disgust. (laughs) I just sat there in shock, disbelief that yet again, for the second time in nearly a week, I shit my pants. Catastrophically. After (laughs) I contemplated running my car off a bridge, I had to call into work and said that I had a flat tire and turned all the way back home because there was absolutely no recovering oh my god, from, oh man, from lining both my pants, legs, with doo-doo butter, ugh. Even more sad is that while I was driving, I shit, (laughs) oh, even more sad is that while driving, I shit myself silly a second time in the car, But the worst part, there's a worst part? But the worst part was I didn't even put up a fight. I just let it happen and didn't care. As if I I lost the will to live. Paul, I felt like somebody lit my house on fire and I had lost everything. It smelled so bad that my eyes would well up anytime I sniffed the air. But it was also, oh my god, but it was also chilly that day. so I had to decide on whether to suffocate myself uh, or f- I think you would say or freeze. Uh, when I made it back home, I waddled back inside my apartment and left a trail of stank and shit so powerful that the neighbors thought an animal died in the bushes. I was a giant shitty snail. Oh my God dude. After I cleaned myself up, I went back to work and made it about halfway until I felt the same gurgling again. I started speeding and was pulled over by a state trooper. Oh, my God, my car reeking as if I hauled two dozen horses in the back clearly offends the trooper. He angrily tells me that I was speeding, but I had to take a stand and just said, Look, officer, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm about to shit my pants for the third time, and if I don't make it to a bathroom... Then I'm then I'm not gonna have a good excuse to call out. Wait, I'm sorry. Let me read that again. I'm about to shit my pants for the third time, and if I don't make it to a bathroom, then I'm about to uh, then I <laughs> you, you, shit, you shit your pants three times. <laughs> oh then I'm not going to have a good excuse to call out. He just laughed in my face and let me go. Carefully, I made it that time. I now know the answer to that famous question, where will you be when diarrhea strikes? I know. I was in a parking lot of a Ford dealership in Newton, Massachusetts, shitting uncontrollably like some sort of ape man at 7.35 in the morning. Completely and... wholesomely unacceptable there's no cage big enough for me I need to be quarantined from the rest of society that was easily the worst experience of my adult life by the way you were awesome at Laugh Boston sorry I couldn't make the weekend shows I hope one day sure. yeah man um, come back to Boston anytime you're always welcome here. thank you so much I really appreciate it I had a great time in Boston I really did um, people were so nice I mean I got a fucking burrito brought to me uh, from somebody that came a second time, brought her husband out, uh, Morgan Fleischman, who's uh, running that Middle East show. That, hey, I'm going to be out there. Verzi Effect is coming to do a live podcast when The Night at the Stand drops. That is the official name of the album, everybody. I changed it. It is not Paul Verzi Live at the Stand. It is Paul Verzi um, Night at the Stand. Night at the Stand is the album name. It's official. It'll be out soon. I'm going to do an album release party in New York, in Los Angeles. And I'm going to be doing a live podcast at the Middle East in Boston. And a shout out to Morgan's husband, Mike. This dude taught me so much shit about dogs. I'm about to get a dog. I love meeting those dog whisperer guys. You know? When you meet these dog whisperer guys, they're fucking... they're They're like insane. You know what I mean? They're like... They're just like crazy Like they get it Like they get It's amazing how like A human being could just Find out like what an animal's thinking Or what their instincts And just know more I mean I guess some people are gifted But you know um, We want to get a dog We're going to get a dog My wife is finally like Alright we got to get a dog We can do it. She wants to, you know, rescue a dog or something like that. So we'll figure it out. But um, I met some great people out there and uh, had a great time out there. And I know, Josh, that you said you were interested in doing stand-up. And, uh, yeah, man, just get up, do mics, and have fun. Just be honest, you know. That's all I can say to anybody, you know, who wants to do it. There's no shortcuts. There's no fucking magic potion. There's no crazy thing about it to say that's going to make somebody good or know how to do it. The bottom line is... Get on stage, try to be as honest as you can and as funny as you can with your honesty and vulnerability and talking about your life and hopefully shit works. You know, I just keep doing that. But um, thank you for the submission. We had two epic shit stories back to back. Let's see if this thing gets a little cleaner. Uh, Wensley Talleyrand. You said it last week and there it is. People just don't care anymore and there's a picture here of a guy Wow! I did say that last week of a guy at the laundromat in nothing but flip-flops and his underwear because he ran out of stuff. That's awesome. I did call that. Alright, let's see here. Here's one. Matthew DeLuna went to the supermarket and saw that this animal couldn't park his cage it, so, oh yeah oh I saw this one already this is the big Cadillac who par- who had a yeah and he parked it in a handicap spot I remember that okay let's see here all right here we go let's get another one this is from. Joey Pericone? Pericone or Pericone? Sorry, Joe, if I got it wrong. It's either Pericone or Pericone. Paul, what's going on? At LAX Airport, just witnessed one of these fucking baggage guys drop this blue suitcase from his little cart. He watched the bag fall off the cart and just drove away completely ignorant. Then the rest of the baggage staff just drove by it like it wasn't there. You got the odd guy that just threw his arms. Threw his arms up and kept driving. It's embarrassing and unacceptable. Feel bad for the guy who's going to lose his bag. And then he sent a picture of the bag just laying there on the ground. Absolutely unacceptable. You're right. You are right. Okay, this next one is from Eric O'Neill. And uh, Eric O'Neill said some really nice stuff about the show. I just want to say to you, Eric, that uh, I uh, appreciate it. And I am glad that you listened to the show. I hope that your experience out there on the West Coast uh, is a good one. And keep your head up, brother. Anyway, here's your unacceptable. Unacceptable. I just recently moved out of state and I'm still unpacking. Woke up to, to take a shit today and realized I didn't pack any toilet paper. I uh, had In-N-Out Burger for the first time last night. I had to use their napkins as TP. Unacceptable. Put me in a cage. It's the shit theme. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> That's it. Again, good luck with the move. Oh, it's so funny. Really funny. All right, let's see. Um, all right, when was this sent? Oh, did I read this one yet? I don't. Yeah. Here we go. Um, Let's see here. Alright. My name is... Okay, Ryan. This is from Ryan. My name is Ryan. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Uh, Anyways, I am a farmer and welder from southern Alberta. My unacceptable is a lack of respect and appreciation for people who grow up... Who grow the food in this continent we share. Nothing worse than some dumb yoga pant-wearing cunt bitching about farming practices and this organic bullshit. Uh, I'm sure your community college diploma really taught you a lot. Uh, That's fucked up because I have... Actually, no, I don't even have a college... I don't even have that diploma because I dropped out to do stand-up when I was 21 years old. I went away to school and then came back and went to school and I was like, fuck it. So I can't even say that. I have a stand-up... Comedian uh, education from 21 years old. Um, but anyways, alright, let me get back to this here. So, uh, yeah, I taught you a lot about horticulture, bitch. Uh, should cut off the supply and put these ungrateful hungry fuckers in a cage. And I'll build the cage and weld the door shut. Keep up the funny boy. <laughs> uh, thank you, uh, Ryan. That's hilarious. Here we go. Here we go, um, alright, so let's go over to, let's get, let's get to some of your Twitter ones, because I know I have a bunch of Twitter ones too, because you guys were smart, you did them when you were supposed to do them, so let's, let's see, let's see what we got here for Twitter, um. Oh, yeah, some people, man. I got to thank you guys. So many of you guys were, um, you know, just talking about the Johnny Hickey um, interview and all that stuff. I'm really glad you guys liked part two of that. All right. uh, Carter. uh, Penbridge. uh, At Carter75. People who chew with their mouth open. Animals. That's gross, especially when you're eating with them. Like when, like forget when they do it and you're not eating, but if like you're eating with somebody and they do that, letting your son pick his scabs while waiting in line at a department store. This is from Chris Frost at MN Frosty Boy, unacceptable. Um, I used to love picking scabs on my shins. I don't know why, but like the ones on your shins would just come off you. When I was a little kid, I used to get caught up on my shins. I don't, Never mind. That just was, brought me back. I don't know. Um. Okay, let's see what else we have here. Is this another unacceptable here? Yes, somebody said Leonardo Costa Leite? Leite. Paul Verzi saw this and thought of the Verzi effect, and it's a picture of a... It's the Subaru sports car, And on the license plate says you animal. Thank you for sending that. That is pretty cool. That is awesome. Um There's another one from Chris Frost, MN Frosty Boy. A recurring theme on TVE. It ain't the tour de France. Yep. Unacceptable. Bike yourselves into a giant. (laughs) (laughs) Uh to a giant fucking cage. I think that's what it's a cage. Remember, I misspelled it, whatever. Um This is from uh, Ronnie at, oh wait, did I read the other guy's name? Yeah, did I read, oh yeah, no, the Twitter feed from the one that says you animal and the thing was uh, at L-E-O-C-O-S-T-A-L-E-I-T-E, so it's Leo Costa Leite, some shit, I'm sorry dude, I'm probably fucking it up really bad. Ronnie at Ronnie Capital P M F unacceptable. Somebody looking in a packed elevator and analyzing to see if they could fit, (laughs) if they could still get on. Hashtag take the stairs. Uh, Unacceptable. Heard someone in the next stall brushing their teeth over oh over the toilet and sink, and and the toilet and sink is oh okay I'm sorry I messed that up. Heard somebody oh you heard somebody brushing their teeth in the stall when the toilet and sink was ten feet behind him. Maybe they have really ugly fucked up teeth, maybe. Um, This is from Nate Estrada at Mr. Nate Estrada E S T R A D A. Chicks who claim to be Instagram models, acceptable or unacceptable, Paul Verzi. Um I mean, I guess the picture's gonna have to do it, you know? You're gonna have to look at the picture and try to figure it out. I, I guess that's all you could, you know. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but, I mean, sometimes it's not. <laughs> you know, like, let's be honest. You know what I mean? Like, I think for the most part, you could find something attractive about somebody. Like, I feel like, you know, I feel like if you see a group of people, like, I feel like the majority of people would just be, like, nice. You know, some people may be too tall or too short or a little heavy or a little skinny and all that stuff, but you could still be like, oh, I can see how that person's attractive. But then there's ones that are just like, man, that's just rough. That's just a really tough situation. How mean is that to say somebody's looks are a tough situation? Okay, let's see. All right. Okay, let's see what else we got. This is from Jeremy Steenbergen. At Hawkaholic27, he says, A friend drinking your unopened whiskey that you got for a birthday present without asking if he can have some. Unacceptable, put him in a cage. Yeah, that's dirty. Jake Lewis at Jake M A A, Unacceptable, me alone in the public, smirking like a maniac listening to your gator rape jokes. <laughs> well, thank you, buddy. Um, all right, let's see what else. I think we're almost done here. We'll keep going. Um, oh, and is Tarquaria? Is that it? Yes, that's the burrito place. Tarquire, yes. Anna's Boston, check that out. Just right, just type in burritos at Anna's in Boston. It was dope. Corey Martinez at Crasher 339. Card says please enjoy this complimentary water. All I see is a forty-two bottle of of wine. Unacceptable. All right, guys, that is it. Thank you for the Unacceptables. Moving on, send them to um, unacceptables for tve at gmail. That's where you got to send them to. Oh, I'm sorry. I got one more that just came in. Let me read it because this one is coming from Edmonton, Canada. From Cam Toma. Hey, Paul, love the podcast, man. Just wanted to give you my unacceptable this week. So, I'm on the highway about 45 minutes out of this city, and there is no stops for this uh, portion of the highway. And of course, I have to shit worse than ever. Well, here you go, everybody. Just like it always does in typical, completely unplanned TVE fashion, we have come full circle to shitting. We have had shitting stories, and they've been epic and um, that's it I'm waiting there's only guys shitting stories I'm waiting for like a girl tampon story come on ladies step it up alright uh, actually probably, actually, I take that back it's probably gross I don't need it so I'm pulling a string and it just won't come I'm like ah you know what we don't need to read that <laughs> oh that's right I did give myself a clap break for that because that was funny it made me laugh it was for me so I'm on the highway about 45 minutes out of the city. There's no stops for this portion of the highway. And, of course, I have to shit worse than ever. So I finally reached the first gas station on the edge of the city. And let me tell you, at this point, I can hardly fucking walk. So I finally get into the bathroom to find some fucking cunt has pissed all over the place. <laughs> I mean, it looks like somebody took a fire hose to the bathroom. I hardly make it into the place. Uh, and now I had to deal with this fucking joke. What kind of fucking animal has the audacity to do this? Sorry for the long email. Just couldn't believe this fucking guy. Unacceptable. Lock his fucking cunt up. Dude, that wasn't a long one, and that was really fucking funny. The, if, hey, listen. The eloquent shit stories make me really laugh. I don't know why. I, honest to God, just don't know why. Um, wait a minute. Is this... Okay, there's one more here. I'm sorry. Jason Morton. Paulie. I'm sorry you cracked me up. I've been following for about a year now since Burr sent me. Listen, dude. The fact that you didn't trash your friends in the bar who said it, uh, they would jerk a dick if things got hot and heavy is completely unacceptable. I'm with you. In the sense that it would be over, <laughs> over once I found out it was a man. Uh... And I would be totally pissed for being tricked. But you better have a serious talk with your boys. I think they are trying to tell you something about themselves. It's one thing if you're joking around with your boys and trying to gross them out. But if he was serious about jerking a dick, we cannot be friends anymore. (laughs) God, I'm still cracking up about it. It's the funniest thing (laughs) if it's a joke. But come on, I hope it wasn't uh, Giannis who said that. Anyway... Truly love you, brother. Uh, please update your um, YouTube channel uh, or else come to uh, Hawaii so I can see you live. Yeah, I'm not doing anything with YouTube till the album comes out. I appreciate it, Jason. Thank you for the thing. Yeah, I'm not putting any other clips out. Um, I'm going to let the album speak for itself for a little while and just resonate with people. And then uh, I'm working on something special and big for next year. Uh, hopefully for around this time next year with uh, some, some really, uh, you know, serious people behind it, so, um, I, you know, I might, actually I was talking to my manager about it, I might throw like two or three new clips on there, even maybe if they're from the album, just so somebody could actually see see it visually, I have some recent clips that uh, look pretty good, so uh, maybe I, I'll do that as well, but um, I'd love to come out to Hawaii and perform, that would be something that would be awesome, so, hopefully, hopefully soon, um, okay, So that's it for the Unacceptables. Thank you guys very much. Let's see how much time we've done here. I don't even care if this one runs long. I'm having fun on this one. Uh, I'm having fun with 219. What do you guys think? You guys like it? I'm in one of those moods. You never know what you want. You don't want to know. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm babbling. It's Friday. I'm off. I'm kind of excited that I'm off. I had a long day tomorrow. You ever know what you want for dinner, but you don't know what you want? You're like, yeah, once I get that, it's going to be, oh, wait, I got to go back to that jerking the dick thing off before I get back to, I can't just not, not address that. I just read it and thanked him for it because I was, see, that's how narcissistic I was being that I was talking about my YouTube channel. Um, no, what happened was a bunch of us were talking and we got into this big fight where, you know, people thought I was being rude when I was like, look, man, like, not rude, but like, listen. If I'm fucking with you and then I feel a dick, I mean, it's a rap. I mean, that's just that's it's just a rap. You know, it's like I'm not trying to be rude, disrespectful. Tra- I don't give a fuck that transgender is like, you know. If, I'm not saying that it's not fine. It is fine, but like that, don't bring it on me. You know, if, like if it's you're hot and heavy with somebody and then all of a sudden everything is good and you're all into it and then you just feel a dick, it's like nah. You know. I mean, I'm not going to not be friends with somebody for thinking that, you know. Listen, whatever help. First of all, let's be honest, man. There's nothing wrong with anybody liking anything. And you got to look at it like this. All you like dudes who are like, you know those dudes who try to act too straight. Listen, I'm a straight man, okay. Uh, I'm attracted to women. I've been attracted to women my whole life, all right. But let's be honest here. I mean, people make fun of gay guys and say that they're, like, women and they're pussies. Let me tell you something right now. To take a dick in the mouth, that's as manly as it gets, people. Okay? I mean, to fuck with a dick, when I mean, that shit is, that's, that's next level. Like, that's some tough shit. So, you know, I'm, I'm not built that way. Okay, maybe I'm the bitch. Because, I mean, for a man to put another man's dick in his mouth, that's some fucking, that's, that's manly. <laughs> Don't get no more manly than that. <laughs> oh, God just shitting and jacking off and weird shit today haven't seen any movies I haven't seen any movies I want something for dinner I don't know what it is. Um, is I'm a little loopy as you guys can tell it's just been running around doing shit getting death stares from African Americans in Harlem when I'm walking around with a fucking police outfit on and then hours later at some fucking barbecue with little kids running around. and I, I just don't even know where the day went. And the whole time I'm trying to get a podcast done in the middle of the day. Ah, oh, God. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Speaking of Giannis Papas, I think I invited Giannis to come up, watch some UFC fights tomorrow night. Watch Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey is gonna seriously destroy this girl. When you start talking shit about somebody's family, it's a wrap. And Ronda Rousey's got pit bull neck, you know. She's got that fucking tough. I'm not even saying that in a bad, like in a bad way, because she's actually not unattractive. She's actually more attractive than the other UFC fighters. but People always like talk about her looks because she's the, you know, in the spotlight. She just has that fucking swimmer's neck and shoulders. Now this chick is talking shit about her family. Rousey's getting gangster too. She's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to let it go a little longer so I could punish her. And I got to be honest, when you start talking shit like that, and she was like, I want to fight her in Rio de Janeiro, because I want to go to her hometown, Rocky Four style, when she said that, I was like, oh my god, this chick is crazy gangster, you know how fucking gangster you gotta be, to be like, yeah, I'm gonna kick the shit out of her, but we have to do it in her home country, where everybody's rooting for her, because I'm gonna make an example of her, like, that is so gangster, that is so fucking, uh. that is the shit, I got some good news. I found out New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. There are rumblings. Okay? There are rumors, everybody. There are rumors and rumblings, if that makes any sense. That me and the crew, you know the crew. The crew, okay? The four horsemen, So, if you will. Me, Mr. Bill Burr, Mr. Jason Lawhead, and Mr. Joe Bartnick will be performing on the same stage in a theater on New Year's Eve in Los Angeles. It is going down, people. Okay? And I will be fired up because I will be doing new material and I will be bringing myself joy, because I love doing the new material, which will hopefully be ultimately bringing the people joy. But us four are getting together, and I got to tell you, when me, Bartnick, Law, and Burr get together, it is an absolute fucking just... I don't even know how to describe it. There's just this feeling of happiness and joy within us that just brings us to another level of partying and smoking sticks and talking shit and dissing each other. And then it always turns in to me and Burr having a verbal about sports. Like, here's what happens. Like, me and Bill, you know, Bill is my best friend and Bill is Bill Burr is my mentor. I love him. I love Bill. You know, he's like a brother to me. It's like an older brother to me, you know, and I, I've been able to you know, having that older brother figure in comedy, you know, like I have an older brother in life and we have that bond that you could just talk about things that happened in family and that's so deep and that's the most, that's the biggest relationship you'll ever have is with your real brother. But then when you have like a brother in comedy and a mentor, you go through stuff in the business where you could talk about things like that and do that. And I've been fortunate to have that, okay, and you know, Bill is just the greatest, but we get into these epic battles. Like, we'll be sitting there, like, I'm, we're on a bus, and, like, we just kind of look at each other, and, like, he might, we know the other guy disagrees, and we just dive in. Like, dive in, because we know the other one can't hold back. Like, he'll say something he knows I don't agree with, and then he'll just look at me and wait. And there's no way I'm just going to take it. It's just not going to happen. So then I go, you go, get the fuck out of here. And then he goes, oh, Percy, you know, you fucking da And then I am like, what are you talking about? And we just get into this whole thing. But it's always an amazing time. And Lawhead, I think we talked about, I talked about it on the podcast. When we we got into a screaming match because I was talking about how fucking just insanely ridiculous Floyd Mayweather is defensively. And these guys are talking about how he would have lost back in the day. And it just turned into this screaming... squeer, and in like a five-star restaurant eating steaks... And we're screaming at each other... To the point where everybody stopped... It was like a movie... People just dropped their forks and was watching... The waiters were watching... Um... But speaking of sports... I did not see a movie... Because I reviewed all those other movies... Wild T- Tales... Did I talk about Wild Tales? I think I did... Well, if not, you gotta see Wild Tales... But yeah, I, I talked about that... Um... Yankees are rolling right now on fire. Just beating everybody. Joe Girardi, good manager. A-Rod crushing it, which I love to see. That noise is the lawnmower people in my backyard. Okay, uh, I talked about Rousey. How about that uh, Prazingis kid, Huh? I talked to a guy today, said he saw him in the Summer League, diving for balls out of bounds, diving in Summer League, diving. Remember, I call that shit. This kid is going to be nasty, folks. And that's about it. NFL starts soon. Tom Brady, they upheld his uh, They upheld his deflate gate suspension. Let's be honest. I mean, Tom Brady's guilty of doing that, but does he deserve four-game suspension? Absolutely not. Everybody tries to get an edge. They try to make an example of the Patriots, you know. But I love how he, like, smashed his phone. Of course he did it. Of course he wanted the balls a certain way. But that doesn't change the outcome of the game. Because look what happened when they they looked at the balls. He still won the game. Doesn't matter. It's Tom Terrific. That is Tom Terrific, the greatest to ever do it. Am I babbling at this point? Have you guys just totally... Just been like, yeah, Verzi tapped out of this. I didn't tap out. I'm having fun just talking to you guys. But, you know. Does it always have to be funny, guys? You know? Does it always have to be, oh, I have to have something to say? Do I always have to fucking be the guy you want me to be? (laughs) I've had it. Alright, what are the plugs? Let's do some plugs here. (laughs) I think I'm gonna smoke, smoke something tonight. I'm gonna smoke a little something. Maybe have a friend come over and smoke a little something. A little bit. Maybe pour a little scotch. Pour a little scotch and smoke a little something. My kids are going to my mother-in-law's for the weekend. Which means I'm gonna sleep until fucking Sunday. Um... All right, let's finish this off. Plugs. I will be in New York City. That's right, the Big Apple, the city that never sleeps, the greatest city. Make no mistake, folks. I love a lot of cities out there. I love, you know, I love Miami and LA and and Boston and New Orleans. Make no mistake, everybody. Wherever you're sitting right now, This goes for you too, you overseas fans, you Croatians, and you fuckers from Austria, and all you people out there, and you Australian cocksuckers, huh? And you fucking French cunts, and you fucking, (laughs) wherever you may be, understand one thing and understand it good before this episode is over. New York City, okay? Okay? And send this to Burr and we'll have a fight. You know, he thinks it fucking, I swear. You know, but you know what you're I'm going to tell you right now New York City is it. That's it. Game, set, and match. And you know something deep down inside you listening to this? You know it too. Okay? If you're in Boston, you're three hours from the best city. If you're in Florida, you're 24 hours from the best city. If you're in California, you're 33,000 miles from the best city, and you all know it. Let's just make no mistake about that. As much as I love other cities, and I tell other cities that I love them, which I do, I want to make things very abundantly clear right now. And I know I'm pissing people off. You don't have the fucking Empire State Building, the Chrysler Building, the Freedom Tower, that bitch that's sitting in the water that they call the Statue of Liberty. All this. You don't have that. You don't have the nightlife that you could go out of your house at one o'clock in the morning. No. You have, you know, dude, we gotta go out at one. I mean, we gotta, we gotta wrap up at one, so we gotta leave at fucking 5 p.m., dude. No, you don't have that. And Chicago. Let me tell you something about Chicago. And I'm just going off on people now. Why? For what reason? No reason. It's stupid. But I just... I'm having fun. I'm having fun. I'm going to keep going. How about that? This is episode 219, everybody. Chicago. What do they call you? The second city? Yeah, because you're second to, Bo- to, to New York. And you're third to Boston. How about that? Chicago. Chicago. You and your fucking deep dish pizza, your fucking cake. It's not pizza, that's cake. might as well have a birthday cake. Let me tell you something about pizza, okay? Pizza needs to be thin and crispy with amazing cheese and sauce. And you bite it and you hear the crispy crunch and it's delicious. Not your fucking Pillsbury doughy bullshit that you eat two slices and you feel like you just fucking ate a football. That's what I say to you Chicago You and your green fucking rivers Jump in the green rivers There's nowhere near as many bodies in there As there is in the East River in New York Where else? Where else can I Who else can I piss off? Texas Let's talk about Texas You fucking gun slinging assholes in Texas <laughs> Everything is bigger Yeah including your ladies guts You fucking dopes Yig Tony Romo shut up Everything is bigger in Texas except the diets you guys are on you fucking monstrosities now, I love Texas this is nothing against I mean that's just attacking heavy people which is not right. Um, Texas is cool but you know they go a little too they're a little too much. Texas is too much like oh Texas is cooler than everywhere now and it annoys the shit out of me because it's not cooler. let's be honest it's Texas. You go there, it's great, but let, let's be honest. I mean, you, if somebody from Texas fucking lived in New York for a month, they'd be like, holy shit, I can't believe I was in Texas for that long. Can we be honest, Texas? Aren't you tired of seeing fucking Greg Popovich's serious fucking face with his white beard and Tim Duncan's fucking scowl on his face and Tony Romo's stupid smirk after he throws his fourth pick in the second quarter? Give me a fucking break. Great comedy fans, though. All these places have amazing comedy fans and amazing TVE listeners. (laughs) I'm busting your guys' balls. I'm having fun. Um, I love all the cities that I mentioned. Let's talk about the cities I haven't been. Arizona, I have not been to. I have not been to St. Louis, Missouri. I have not been to Montana. I have not been to the Dakotas. Um... I have not been to Boise, Idaho. I have not been to there's a few places that I haven't been, not many. But I'm looking to go there. But at the end of the day, let's come full circle. New York City, folks. Get your ass to New York City. If you're listening to this podcast and you're coming to New York City, you come here. Here's what I want you to do. And this is an open invitation. This is real. This is real right here. You text me and you say I'm coming to New York City. I'm bringing a guest and I'm coming to your show, I will have your tickets comped and we will drink afterwards, I will buy you drinks in the city, I will show you the places to go, I will show you the places to eat, I will tell you the hotels to stay in and you will fucking wake up the next day and go, holy shit, he was right. Now back to my plugs, I will be performing in New York City. I will be performing... Actually, I have a lot of different dates coming up in August all the way through the fall that are going to be added. So you guys can check those out. This has been episode 219. Please follow and check out gonzofame.com. Dave Gavry over there in Chicago. He's probably pissed listening to this because he's like, man, fucking deep dish is all right. He's doing like his 12th open mic in a fucking deep dish place tomorrow night. Dave Gavry has put together a great website with amazing comedians and interviews. Also, if you're going through a divorce, debt settlement, bankruptcy, go to brookingsmediation.com. Call John Burton for a free consultation at 877-415-7770 and say, John, my husband or wife is being an asshole. I need help. I don't want to pay this dickhead lawyer. He'll help you. He will help you. It's cheaper. It's quicker. It's a better service. Go do it. You will get 30% off coming from TVE. Say that I sent you. Go to brookingsmediation.com and John Burton. And of course, all things comedy. Guys, this has been episode 219. With me, your host, Paul Verzi. Go back and listen to 218, part one and two. Part two with John Hickey. Got some cool other announcements coming up. Thank you guys for listening. Check me out. At Paul Verzi on Twitter, V-I-R-Z-I. Go to paulverzi.com. Night at the stand is coming, folks, in August. I'm excited about it. And I'm more excited about putting out another one later. So thank you, guys. Have a good night. Have a good weekend. Be safe. We'll be back on Wednesday. Back to your regularly scheduled programming Wednesday night late. And uh, that's it. Later.